Hello. Hello there. Mm-hmm. Going into the dock to see what you've added at the last minute. Mm-hmm. Surprised I can add anything. I just updated Chrome and now it's all wonky. Mm-hmm. I should get off the beta train. That's what I was trying to do, but mm-hmm. then you rang. So I rang. Still yeah. on the beta train. For Chrome. Mm-hmm. You got to get off that Chrome, buddy. It's not no, good. I, I like Chrome. Mm. Uh, yeah. I just ate some well out of it. Um, did, uh, is this your FU on St. Jude? Or is this old? No, I did. It's, oh God, am, I, am I offline? Oh, no. Oh, no. All changes saved offline. You <gasps> uh. break down and open Safari. It's always it's already open. It's always mm-hmm. open. I always have both. Mm-hmm. All those tabs. Tears and rain. But yes, I am going to Safari now because Chrome is borked. Mm-hmm. Wow, look at all this stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Well, you know, we should we should do this. We should say something. Uh, I, this is probably old, but uh, just to say uh, thank you to everybody who participated in the uh, Relay FM um, campaign to. Uh, make lots of money for the St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. It went uh, wildly better, I think, than pretty much anybody could have expected. Yeah, it just peaked and it looked like they were creeping up on 260 grand. Yep, 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 yep. What was the initial goal? 75? Mm-hmm. That's pretty great. So the thanks to everybody who participated in that. Um, yeah. It's a good cause. You can always go and give more. We don't see any of that, do we? No, that's not how this works. Mm. Although I was on the I was on the podcastathon briefly. Oh, what did you do? Uh, I don't know. Uh, hmm. It's one of the, it's. I mean, it's kind of like what I imagine. Remember when they did the relay fifth anniversary thing, and you were there, and I asked you, "Do you know what's expected of you?" Right. Uh, I didn't. I don't think you knew. I didn't know either. They said, mm-hmm. "Hey, can you be on the podcastathon?" And I said, "Sure." Yeah. And so they asked me to arrange a time slot, and I said, "Great, I'll be there." And then they kind of slipped in, oh, by the way, it's video. Snuck that one in there. Yeah. So anyway, I I did Skype video and I showed up and we chatted for a couple minutes. Actually, uh, what happened after, you know, what had happened was. What happened was. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Within like two minutes of me connecting, uh, like my whole house's internet went away. Oh, come on. Yep, and it's like, uh, you know, my main router was like, nope, I have no internet connection, and it blinked and blinked and blinked, and eventually it got an internet connection again, and then I called back. So now I'm watching for that. That happened. I don't mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll keep an eye out. You know, we got a, we, you know, uh, we got an editor for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah I, I didn't watch it, but it looked like it was a, a ton of fun. Um, there was balls. Alex did something with an iPad. So what we're talking about is uh, Michael and uh, I, Michael and uh, Stephen, who are the suits at uh, Relay FM, um, where we're in Memphis and did a, like a six-hour podcast-a-thon to try and uh, make more money for uh, St. Jude. Well, they just want all the money, don't they? Helping all those mm-hmm. kids. The, a video podcast-a-thon. They had all sorts of stunts where they were like shaving off facial hair yeah. and adding glitter and googly eyes and other things. That's I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. I'll, I'll allow it because they don't do it too much. And it, and it was, as they say, for a good cause. I don't want to see this become a thing, though. 
We got to stop. We got to stop this video podcast thing. It's 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 the worst. Got to end. I agree, but I uh, I you know I got I I got semi presentable mm-hmm. and uh, staged my background and oh good appeared on video. Did you put put awards back there or anything like Marvel dolls anything? Who knows? Yeah. You know, only the people who obsessively study the background will know. <laughs> the Zoomers. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, so anyway, uh, yay, uh, yay, Relay, yay, St. Jude. Today was, uh, this is just real quick, and so you can have fun, uh, have fun making fun of me. A um, bunch of um, OS things pushed out today, and including... In, in theory, I, I'm, today is supposed to be the day. Today's the 24th, and it's supposed to be iOS 13.1 day, but yeah. my devices don't think it is. That's strange. I agree. Um, I updated all the things. Well, then never mind. Let's table it for next week, but I'll, I'll, uh, I'll plant a seed here. Uh, my, my, uh, my kid has really been enjoying um, Apple Arcade. I haven't played any of the games, but I've looked at them, and they look really good. But uh, it's cool, because with the uh, tvOS update, which we just got this afternoon, it gets uh, get the arcade on there. And so I'm curious, I'm sorry, I'm belching because I made sausage night. I'm so sorry. <clears throat> and uh, so my, my question to you is, once you've had a chance uh, to get the tvOS update and to play the games, I'm curious to hear a report back from you if you don't save this for your popular show. I'd love to hear your thoughts on which games uh, work well, especially with a controller. I noticed there's one I downloaded where it warned me, I got a pop-up warning me that it requires a controller. Hmm. Yeah, I actually, I think my Apple TV is one of the few devices that did update because uh, my family was watching Netflix uh, a little while ago and it wanted them to log back in. I'm like, Ugh. aha, maybe the Apple TV, while it was asleep or whatever, updated from the beta to uh, 13.1 official. But I didn't have a chance to check it out. I already talked about Apple Arcade on, on ATP. Well, you talked about Apple Arcade on um, on iOS and going and touching the greasy controllers the kids have touched. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, but I'm just, I guess what I'm asking you is, uh, if you want to talk about it, uh, somewhere not your popular podcast, I'd love to hear your thoughts on ones that you think, um, work particularly well with a controller on the, uh, the big screen. I'm going to try that, uh, that purple game. It looks really good. The one you like. Yeah. That's the only one I've played on the TV. I played it on the TV airplane. Yeah. Well, yeah, you, yeah you threw to it. Yeah. I also bought it on the Switch and played it on the TV on the Switch, which is much better, as you can imagine. Yeah. With the Switch uh, Pro Controller, it just looks like a you know a regular controller thingy. I haven't uh, played it any other way in the Apple TV because my Apple TV hadn't updated yet, but I'm going to try that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why, that's why I say I'm planting a seed. I tried yeah. to pair two different LameStation uh, remotes uh, with an iPad last night, and I couldn't make it go. I don't know what I was doing wrong. I think I was following the instructions but I couldn't get it to go. Did you, uh, what instructions? Uh, I found instructions somewhere that said you push down the PlayStation and the share button for a few seconds mm-hmm. and it should show up. Yeah, then, then it blinks. Then you have to go to settings, Bluetooth, and then tap on the... Huh. That's the, where I was. I didn't see it. I'll try it. I'll try it again. Anyway, planting a seed. Uh, nothing to talk about here. Um, anything else exciting with that? Not really. Just so we can be be clear about the purple game, I recommend everybody uh, check out uh, if last, they have last Apple of Arcade the Kingdom or if they have a Switch. Yeah. What's uh, called? Check out uh, Sayonara Wild Hearts. That's it. Uh, That's the one. The best game I've played for Apple Arcade. It is also available for the PlayStation and Nintendo Switch. Mm-hmm. Although, obviously, if you if you get an Apple Arcade free trial, you can play it for free. Free! And it's uh, what you said somewhere. 
was the exclusivity is a mobile exclusivity, correct? Yeah, well, that's that's an Apple's strange parsing <laughs> yeah, that right. they have that they have to do to get people to develop games because it, there are very few developers who are not sort of dedicated Apple only already dedicated Apple only developers who will spend their time and money making a game that can only be played on Apple's devices. So right. it's just the exclusives they have is a it's not a real exclusive; it's a timed exclusive. I'm sure I don't know the time horizon, but I'm sure like within a six months or a year or two years or whatever, there's some time horizon after which you can probably release it for other uh, platforms. And B, their exclusivity is this game is not available on any other mobile platforms. That's what Apple says. And what they mean by that is it's not available on Android or any other cell phone operating system, but it is available on the Nintendo switch, which is very mobile. Right. Uh, yeah, And yeah, it is weird. available on PCs and on the PlayStation, and on Xbox. Like, it's it's available everywhere, essentially, except for Android. Yeah. So well, they're very committed to games. Exclusive. Very committed. Um, yeah. No, I think, it's, I think it's a good deal. I mean, the five bucks a month, my kids already extracted at least that much value from it. And having it on the family thing is great. One thing I did notice on TVOS, and, and again, I, I spent maybe 35 minutes on uh, TVOS, but I went ahead and um, entered my, uh, invited my kid to the home app and then went in and that made, made her have an account because, okay, so sorry, I should back up. TVOS 13 has a new thing that allows you to have multiple like accounts, sort of like profiles on Netflix, which is a really neat idea in the abstract, but it's, it's funny that you're utilizing the family functionality in some ways. Let's look, we'll put it this way. Uh, excuse me. Apple arcade. Yeah. Uh, you benefit from the family stuff very much. Super cool. You um, you invite people. The easiest way to do this, it actually warns you on uh, TVOS, hey, you could just add somebody to this Apple TV or you could add them via the home app and then they'll populate into here uh, automatically. So I did that. But then the irony or the weirdness is uh, if when you're logged in as my kid, first of all, it's not visually obvious at all that you're, who the person is that's whose account you're on. Um, she's not getting my iTunes purchases available. So this could be really good. You know what this would be great for is roommates. It'd be really good for roommates. You know what I mean? Where you got one Apple TV and maybe three people with different collections of stuff. Although knowing millenniums, they would probably just want to have access to everybody's movies. But it doesn't seem kind of strange that she wouldn't see my purchases under there? I'm still stuck on adding via the home app. What is, what is that about? You go to settings, TVOS 13, and there's, an, uh, there's a little button for accounts. You click mm-hmm. on account, your name, my, my name was actually, this happened to me on the beta, it happened to me on the, on the production, uh, it's, I had two accounts on there, one for each of my Apple IDs, the one that I use for my stuff, and the one I use for my media, um, <clears throat> which is, you know, fine. And then you have the option to add a user, and when you click to add a user, you get a pop-up, interstitial dealy, that says, uh, hey, you know, the, the choice is add to, add account to Apple TV, or don't. And it kind of warns you, hey, if you invite this person to your home app, you know, you know what I mean? Like, you can invite people in, in home. Oh, God, these names are terrible. Not the TV app, the Apple TV. <laughs> Not your house, but the Apple home app. Uh, so you're on your iPad. You go to home, the orange, ugly orange button with a house. And uh, you can add, invite people to that. So if you've invited somebody and they've accepted uh, their account info, uh, then uh, is registered as a separate profile on Apple TV. Does that make sense? 
I don't even understand what it means to invite someone to the home app. I understand like what you're doing, but but uh, as Max would say, but what does it actually do? What does it do? It's <laughs> Filmic Pro. You, um, how does it work with the gimbal? Like they're already uh, your daughter's already part of your your Apple family thing, right? So shouldn't she already show up? No, no. You have to invite somebody. Uh-huh. It's like a vampire. It's like you you have a Dracula comes to your door, knock knock knock, and uh, and you invite them in. And so when you invite that person, then they get. Uh, and you have the option to say, do they have the ability to add new devices? But, you know, basically what I've configured for Apple Home mm. is now available on her iOS devices, too. Yeah, I have, I have the beta, and I saw that account stuff. I didn't want to mess with it because it was a beta, and I'd heard your cautionary tales of uh, Apple TV uh, betas. Only two. I only picked two up. of them. Only two of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then I also recall something. I don't know if this is, this is a half-remembered thing from WWDC. that was like, oh, Apple TV is getting profiles, but by the way... It's not how you imagine profiles working. Applications have to explicitly support profiles for it to work. So it's not oh, as if Jiminy. Okay, well, not, someone it's not a single else like thing. logs in, and then all of a sudden yeah. every application is like, "I'm a brand new Apple TV," and you do like it's not like hmm. that. That's what I heard. So it was I'm weird. It's weird. It. We've got, uh, as I've mentioned before, we have purchased a lot of things uh, in movies and TV. And I didn't see anything show up under purchased items. But that's why I was asking about the family stuff because the way yes, other people can see your purchases is if you're in the family. But if you can't, if you can't create their account or they don't already have one because it knows of your family, and you have to invite them to the home app. That's wacky. I will. Um, I don't want to give false information here. Um, I will give it another pass. Uh, the, you know, the weirdest part is, you, you know, me like I used to be the worst programmer, whatever. And I would do that thing where, like, I would have a little, um, I would have, <laughs> like, a different colored line at the top of the page to know whether I was on staging or production. I, I, <laughs> I assume other people have done that because they're stupid, but I would always want to make sure I knew what I was looking at. Um, and there's no visual indicator like that here. Like, when you change from one account to the other, the home screen looks exactly the same. Um, it's really weird. I think that's going to be something that's very confusing to people if they turn it on. Yeah, it seems, just seems like a half-baked feature at this point um, yeah yeah i'm not sure what it's for or who it's for like i said roommates i could see pretty weird but anyway i'm excited i'm glad it's out uh i opened plex and it didn't brick the apple tv so uh two thumbs up yeah the, the other thing i'm interested in for the for playing uh uh arcade apple arcade games on apple tv is the controller latency obviously the latency was bad when i was mm-hmm. playing from my ipad but I'm wondering, like, for things like the PlayStation and the Switch, like, I have some confidence that they do a good job of minimizing the input lag, but I don't know if I'll be able to notice. I'm old and my reflexes are slow, but I'm going to check it out mm-hmm. uh, to see. But see like for if, a shooter, like, like if it was a shooter, you might really notice. Or even just, just uh, you know, Sayonara Wild Hearts. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a game where, like, you can play it with lag. It's pretty forgiving. But, I, you know, you do notice if you get some lag. So I'm going to compare, basically, if I play on my television with a Switch, the Nintendo Switch versus playing on uh, Apple TV. Do I notice the difference or is it basically the same? Mm-hmm. I don't expect there to be a performance or frame rate difference because it's a fairly light game. Like it's not graphics mm-hmm. heavy, but uh, the lag is what I'm interested in. Um, and it, by the way, you should try playing that game. Have your daughter try playing it. Like it's yeah, she's played it. She's played. She thought it, she thought it was a little bit confusing, but she really liked it. Yeah, like it's not, I don't, it's not punishingly difficult, but it's, mm-hmm. it may eventually get annoying. And it does have this thing where it's like, is this too hard for you? Do you want to skip it? Which is like, like if you say yes, it just skips that part of the game. It's like, well, that's not helpful. I mean, that's like no you good. just made me not play it. Anyway, what I'll say is the soundtrack is available on Spotify. And if you like the kind of music, which I do, 
you can just skip the game part and just listen to the album on Spotify. It's good stuff. Cool. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Simple Lobby. You can learn more about Simple Lobby right now by visiting simplelobby.com. Simple Lobby's mission is to create the first logical, efficient, and delightful way for organizations to connect. They believe that sales communications should be straightforward and honest and non-disruptive to both parties, but right now that's not how it works. If someone wants to sell you something, they have to email, call you, or show up at the office, and all of those things can really disrupt your day. What's worse, you might miss something useful because it gets lost amongst all that spam. Well, let me introduce you to Simple Lobby. If someone wants to pitch a product to you, you send them to Simple Lobby, where they can make their inquiry by filling out a custom form, and then you can re- review that at a time that, uh, that suits you. It's so cool. It's the effortless way to manage offers, and it fits right in with the GTD system. Hey, big fan, by entering your inbox without disturbing your day. Simple Lobby. This, man, this sounds terrific. So right now you go to simplelobby.com and to get started, it's completely free. You got to check them out, simplelobby.com. Our thanks to Simple Lobby for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. I just put something in your homework, um, uh, amorphously presented as play with TV app on TV OS. Um, I want to know if it's just me that the experience of watching TV shows on Apple TV. I never TV, launched that app. I never you know, launched you, the TV Well, app. you're going to now. I'm going to avoid it if I can. We'll see. Well, do you use Siri? Uh, not really. Like okay, I think about good. it if every you time. Siri, if you use Siri, you're going to be using the TV app because that's where it takes you. Yeah, well, that's. The, I think it's maybe that's why I don't use it. Like every time I <sighs> want to go watch something, I'm like, like uh, I've been watching the uh, Cornetto trilogy with my daughter. Mm-hmm. We're, we're two movies in so far. Oh, so and good. every time I turn on the television and launch Apple TV because I have them on iTunes, they were on sale the whole trilogy at one point. So I consider picking up the little remote and you know saying uh, watch Shaun of the Dead. But I didn't actually do it. I don't actually do it because, A, I think it would misinterpret Sean and, and not find it. And, B, because it'll throw me into some weird interface. And I'm like, I know where it is. I'm going to go to movies, purchases, scroll, 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 yeah, tap, play. Yeah. And that's what I do, like like an old man. Instead it's, of- I mean, the thing is, the functionality is so powerful. And when it works, and, and like there's a lot of stuff that... Um, you know, we all love to watch these keynotes, but then when we sometimes forget all the things it can do, you can, I believe, of course, you can do things like, say, show me movies with Sean Connery. Um, but you can also do stuff like, say, show me uh, season five, episode three of The Office, and it will find that. The reason I'm pointing you to this, I, I'm not saying you should live this way, but see if you, I'm curious if you share my, it's a leading question. I'm curious if you'll share my frustration with the way that it dumps you into TV and seemingly randomly okay here's two things one is i feel like it does stuff like it knows i have netflix it knows i'm logged into netflix ditto hulu all those things i still get the like do you want to watch this in stars right which i which i have on my tv when i was playing with my comcast login but then switch back to hulu the point being it's not i don't get an option to say here's a cascade of how I prefer to watch things. Like if it's on Netflix, show it to me on Netflix. If it's on Hulu, show it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. See if, see, number one, see if it presents you with strange options for how you, the default for watching it is. Second, if you use Siri to ask for a movie, it's a movie you've got, 
Well, point, points to Apple. They know you own the movie. <laughs> In this particular interface, they know you own the movie. Good for them. But I pull up uh, Hot Fuzz, let's say. And the only op, if you've like started watching it or it's at the end or whatever, the only option is resume, which is a very un-John Syracuse option. There is not, the, uh, that I have seen, there is not, maybe there's a special incantation or a key combination, but I, uh, it, it shows you like wherever you are with it. And there's not an easy way I found to say either like take me to that splash menu screen or take me to the beginning of the movie. So like I'm going to show my kid a movie. Uh, we watched a little bit of uh, Alien, and uh, but no, it's it's <laughs> it's at the end of Alien that it takes me to, and then I have to go. Wait, don't look at the screen. Stop, 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 stop. Anyway, just y- you use your own eyes, but see what you think of the way that works. Just just all I all I ask for homework is that you try using Siri with an idea in mind about what will happen, and then see how close it was to what you imagined. Yeah, I'm always afraid when I use those interfaces that it's going to mess up my place in a series or even like you suggested asking for a season in an episode, then all of a sudden it's going to think that's where I am in my watching. Like I never trust, I never trust that it's not going to screw it up. So I just have to create so carefully and go through the manual way and go to the thing and scroll until I see like in whatever the app is, however it shows, whether it's progress bars or little outlines or whatever to say, you've watched these three episodes. Now you're on the fourth and I start yeah. the fourth. I never trust it to know. to know where I left off and not screw that up. Same thing with movies. It's they're so I mean, Netflix uh, notoriously because it's got those auto playing little snippets to like spoil the movie before you can even get to the point where you play it. Yeah. Um, but even, you know. Like you said, if you're if you're trying to show it to somebody, like I, I have to pre-stage everything. If I'm going to show a movie to members of my family, <laughs> I have to have nobody in the room, just me with the television. It's like Christmas and there's, morning. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a process, and I have to I'm go through this process. Don't come in yet. Figure out if there's any software that needs to be updated, and find the thing in the movie, and make sure I have a good copy of it. And if it's on Plex, make sure it's like transcoding correctly. And if it's an app, you know, and make sure it's queued up right to the beginning. And then I mm-hmm. play it to get past the production logos or at least onto a black screen and I can pause it and they come in. Now when they come in, I hit a button and it's ready to play. Yeah. So that takes preparation. It totally does. Yeah. 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 What was the other thing? I think that was it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I like I like the Apple TV, but it's it, before I even get to the apps. I mean, like when you do want to watch something on HBO, like I've been loving Righteous Gemstones, or you watch something on Hulu. It's like you know, you all now you also get to play a little miniature video game where you try to hit the right season on HBO. Want to watch Succession? First, you must defeat the final yeah. menu boss. Yeah, the HBO app amazes me. It's like it, I, it's even it's even weirder than Hulu at interpreting what I wanted to do. It's like no, 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 stop, no, no, don't don't go back to season one. Stop, don't do that, don't do that. Yeah. Like what did like, you do? Like that? all I ever do in the app is watch the latest episode of Succession. I launched the app. I was like, how do you not present me with a giant button that says, "Do you want to watch the new episode of Succession that just came out 15 minutes ago?" Of course I do. Yeah, and I have to go dig for it. And there's no. Like, I try to find, like, where is my stuff or the things that I'm watching? It has no concept of it unless I explicitly tell it. And then it defaults to season one. Like you said, like, what are yeah. you showing me season one for? HBO app. This is basic stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it seems like it's something you could have figured out in an hour with an access database. I mean, it's not it's not that complicated. Um, mm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. Anyway, uh, we're lucky to have the TV we have. Do I sound like I'm getting sick? I feel like I sound like I'm getting sick. A little bit. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Do you, do, yeah. do, you, do you have allergies? Do you get allergies? I, a little bit, maybe, but I, my whole family has been sick, and somehow I've been avoiding it, but I think I think my voice is fading and disappearing. Anyway, I apologize. What's your, what's, your, uh, what's your tell? 
My, mine is a sore throat. What's your What's your tell? Is it tired? Is it like what What is it that lets you know? Uh oh, stress bump. Yeah, it's what a, tells you, you get the the post nasal drip and the blowing of the nose and just like for just basic colds. I, I mostly I feel like I'm fending them off a lot lately. But yeah, if you if you wake up with a little the sore throat, that's not really a sore throat. It's just a post nasal drip sore throat. Mm-hmm. That's how I know I'm going in for something. But I haven't had like a proper actually like fever related thing in forever so i don't even know what my signs and i also haven't had like a legit sore throat like strep throat in years Ugh, and years. god's so, the worst so i used to get them like three times a year when i was a kid but uh, recently i haven't had them in ages but i just get the colds and everyone in my family's having i know they all have colds because there's piles of used tissues everywhere oh come on so, guys help me out yep. so i know oh. that's going around you should get some of that emergency uh immune plus plus nope is that is that underscore makes that? Is that I'm I don't take anything for colds ever, and and uh, I that, that the conventional wisdom on that has really changed. When I was a kid, my mom would pump me full of so many things: triaminosin, cough syrup, all of the things. And now today, I think they'll tell you, like you know, just get cleaned out. Stop trying to like ameliorate and just let the let, let the snot flow. Yeah, and, and my and my kids who have these various stages of colds are like oh my my throat hurts and really they just have the post nasal drip too i can tell from all the nose blowing i need something I'm like what do you mean you need my wife has gotten them addicted to uh, to to remedies of some kind of like i need mm-hmm. medicine I'm like what medicine there's no there's no medicine that can help you you just have a cold <laughs> and like no i need medicine mm-hmm. like why why yeah. do you need just you just have a cold and so like mom always gives you medicine so because she she had been gone for a while. Your kids will take medicine. They, they want it. They ask for that it. That is so. It, like, well, before I cannot they go to get. Bed. I can't get my kid to to take a like even like a chewable Tylenol. She's just she's very adamant about not wanting it. Yeah. Well, you I know, mean, you, I'm you not got, trying you to convince my kids. Now you got an addict. You got addicts on your hands. Yeah. They and they don't even know what they want. I'm like, well, what does she usually give you? It's like I don't know. Mom just gives me medicine. Like I just need some placebos. Is what I need. I need to just need some colored liquid or something that I can just give them. We have all these like little kid medicine that we're just trying to get rid of. God knows how old it is. It's basically they're just drinking sugar syrup. But they <laughs> they need something to make them feel like they have. I I should make my own little placebos. Just I should just have colored water. And just give it to them and say, here you go. Yeah, but then you would not be able to stop yourself from later saying, yeah, you feel better, huh? That, that I don't. Need, I never. I don't even check. It's like they just demand the medicine, and it's like, okay, well, apparently we're going through like this toddler cold, multi-symptom stuff. So we're just going to keep draining this bottle, and every time you ask for medicine, I'm going to give you this like five-year-old's dose of this medicine, and then you'll just go away. I never asked them later. Hey, did that medicine help you? Because you know what it's like when you have a cold. You feel bad when you wake up, and oh, then yeah. you you wake up and you have breakfast, and you just get going. And by the time you're off to school, like you forget about your cold symptoms, right? And then when you're going to bed, you feel them again. Absolutely. Well, I am a big fan of, um, boy, I feel like I started this when I had the jobby job in the 90s is um, like a Theraflu, like a daytime Theraflu. Whew. Yeah, I know. You talk about that all the time. And That'll I, set I me feel straight. like all those things, like there are various things to like make you feel better, which I understand. Like, you know, who doesn't want to feel better? But I just, I had to feel pretty bad before I personally look for I something understand. to make me feel I better. Because I know they're not actually doing anything and my experience with basic cold symptoms is, yeah, you feel kind of cruddy, but it it feels better as the day goes on and worse at the end of the day. They're reducing they're reducing symptoms. Yeah. Yeah. You hope. Or like, but they could have other weird symptoms and, you know, anyway, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't do any of that stuff for cold. I, 
The only thing I will take medicine for preemptively is headaches because I do get headaches. And yeah. if I feel one of those coming on, I will actually take medicine for the headaches because I've learned that if I don't do that and say, ah, it's fine, it doesn't, you know, it keeps, it gets stronger. And then I'm like, I regret it, you know, two hours in. I'm like, you know what? I should have taken a Tylenol. Yeah. Yeah. And you got it. You got to be on your game. I mean, you can't afford to be out of the game. It's no good. Uh-huh. Yeah. And now <sighs> I'm croaky. Well, 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 we'll make this easy on you. Um, We've got, boy, that Ask Rectus just keeps staring at me, doesn't it? Ugh. Don't worry about it. I, I am, about I, how can I, I want to collapse it. I don't want to see it anymore. It's very unkind. I'm very, I'm very vulnerable right now, John. All right. Well, we're just going to glide right over that. I want to, uh, to touch on a little mini topic for a second here. You got a new chair recently. Did I ask you? How's your chair doing? How <laughs> do you like your chair? I was, uh, uh, just looking, uh, I'll tell you, uh, I was just looking over before the show and I thought, you know what? We never talked about my chair, my costly chair. Um, it did eventually come from the warehouse and got delivered and I set it up and I, I think I really, uh, you saw the one I used to have. It was bad. You know, the one you had the chair that I used to have. Still have it upstairs. Well, mine's not in the same condition. It's mine's got a broken spine. <laughs> I, saw, yeah. I unspined my Stephen King. Uh, you know, and that was fine. Like, I, I'm not, I, I don't really stress over office chairs. I know I probably should. Anyhow, I got this one. Um, it was very costly. It was on your, I think it's the chair your wife has. Mm-hmm. It's on, I don't, I don't want to say you would recommend it, but it was amongst your, you would be okay with having this chair in your life. I do recommend it. I was just sitting in it just before this podcast because I was using my wife's computer. It's crazy good in a lot of ways, but the, goddamn arms on it are driving me nuts. Now, I know you're John Sarkis, you took the arms off. Mm-hmm. Do the, the arms on your lady's chair just fly around just real easy? They just move? Arms are off her chair, too. Oh, see. I should do that. See, I, like I said, the best bet is not to pay for the arms, because you can save like a hundred and something bucks if you can buy that chair without the arms. I like having the arms, and they have just exactly the right amount of padding. And here's the thing, though. You can get you can adjust the height. You can adjust the angle. You can adjust the other angle. Mm-hmm. You can do all of these things with it. But it only takes the slightest. This is such a white wine. It only takes the slightest touching to make it move. Like when I've got, mm. so I got this, my office is narrow. It's shoeboxy. And when I want to walk from one area to the other, I walk by the chair, I move the chair aside uh, to, to go to the restroom, make water like a gentleman. And if I, what I've always done for 10 years at this office is I grab the arm of the chair and scoot it oh, a little bit. you're moving it by the chair, by the arm. Yeah, yeah. you can't do that because now, now it's all off a of cocktail, you know? <laughs> and it's, it's not like I, you know, I, I'm not married to any one setting. It's the least important setting on the chair to me, but it just drives me a little bit crazy. But I want them here. I want it to work. I wish you could lock them down. Yeah. Can I, can I convert you to the armless world? Um, you, you know, you, you, you actually, that? you actually really probably could. I'm going to, here's my pitch. What for if armless. I take off just one? Um, like, like Alex would do to Max. What if I just take off one, one arm no, and see how it goes? Here's my pitch for armless. Ready. Uh, what you don't realize is that arms are confining and mm. it, they, they narrow the, the sort of alleyway that you have to use to get yourself into the chair. With the arms out, you will find that you can enter and exit the chair that never would have occurred to me because I've always been an arm boy. 
through a much wider range. You can slide wider into that chair sideways. Range. You can practically slide into that chair from behind. Like a Starsky and Hutch going over the hood of the car. Your access to that chair is so massively expanded oh and you don't God. have to worry about the arms bumping into anything and you can still move your chair by grabbing it by the top of the back of the chair. Yes. It's a very sturdy chair. Yes. Um, they do come off pretty easy. Not as easy as they could like there's a little there's a little bit involved all i can say is you do not have to break your chair in any way yeah, it feels like it feels like a bolt like maybe like a hex bolt yeah you have to it's a little bit tricky if, if you need uh help i can i can let you know i think there's some youtube videos or whatever but but the point is it was it's just a question of like if you feel like you have to force something you're doing it wrong all right so take do come off. off costly chair i've added it to my homework list yeah and you can put them back on if you don't like it you put know them back not, on yeah. you just save save the save the little bolts or whatever yeah the only thing about this chair that concerns me a little bit based on your chair usage is I look at that seat in the chair and I'm mm-hmm. thinking is that gonna stand up to a merlin butt it's not my butt it's my thighs I have very active thighs right but uh, there's a there's a certain amount of wear and tear like it doesn't the mm-hmm. chair itself is very sturdy and very heavy, but the fabric I'm mm-hmm. like hmm. yeah and it feels it feels like it could stain it feels like it could stain pretty easy, so I'm trying to keep liquids off it. Mm. Yeah, or, or or wear down like this. That that fabric is like mm-hmm. suspended above the cushiony part. But I think bec- uh, with these super costly chairs, that if you do uh, wear through it with your thighs, you mm-hmm. can just call them and say, "Hey, I wore through your stupid chair with my <gasps> thighs," and they'll come and fix it for you. My thighs wore through it. I, you know, I I might do that. Yeah, I was furious. The first chair I've ever had. I don't even know the name for what you would call this adjustment. The first chair I've ever had. I haven't had many, but first chair I've ever had where you can adjust. What do you call it? the butt zone like you can say how far forward you want the cd part to be mm-hmm. yeah the chair that i'm sitting in right now which is a different very expensive chair yes. not only can you move the things but you can actually make the seat of it longer or shorter like there's an extendy thing on the front an extendy thing on the front this is just one contiguous butt zone but you do have the option and i mess with it a little bit i mess with it but it's uh, mm-hmm. I like that option. I like it's very comfortable, and I also I like the degree of raw. Oh God, yes! I have just the right. Mm, yeah, I'm not a big leaner back. Feels like kind of a douche move, but sometimes I'll want to just stretch my back out a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, my chair is like that too. It's got a very good lean. I, I leave it in one of the loosest lean modes because in general I'm not leaning on it, but when I do want to lean, I want to go way back, way back. And do do you like do you do you, do you look kind of point your chin up and make finger tense? That's what I want to do when I do that. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. I make a finger. Uh, no, I don't think pads? so. I think when I'm doing that, I'm like looking up at like the ceiling or the wall. I'm no, I'm no longer yes. engaged with the computer when I'm doing that. All right. All right. Um, yeah. You know what? I'm going to do it. It's on my list. Millennium Actress, Perfect Blue, Life is Strange PS4 game, Take Arms Off Costly Chair. Now, now, now you're probably going to say that's, that's not homework. That shouldn't be homework. Yeah, I'll put it in the follow-up next week. I do, mm-hmm. do want to hear what you thought of... Uh, Sayonara Wild Hearts. Um, did you did you listen to the music to it? Is that your type of music? I don't know if you're into that. Um, probably. It's like bleep bloop? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's kind of bleep bloopy. No, I bet I bet I'd like it. You know, you know, I, I like uh, I like that uh, that church's band. Yeah, it's yeah. Did check it out and check out the soundtrack. Check out the game. But it's not like eight. It's not like eight bit music, right? No, no. Mm-hmm. But it's it's kind of electronic and uh, yeah, have. Yeah, I, I I think you or someone in your home could play through that game. I think it takes maybe you played it twice in a 15, day, fifteen minutes, a half an hour. Oof. Like it's not all right. It's not a long game. Like it's you know there's well maybe maybe well for forty five minutes. For, I don't know, but anyway, me. it's <laughs> it's not how many years you play. It's how many hours you play. 
Yeah, well, like here, put it this way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game is basically playing the album. Like it's an out, al- it's a regular length album, right? How long is a regular album? 46 minutes. Well, now increasingly 50, 50 minutes, I guess. Yeah. So that's how long the game is because the game is literally one to one with the album. Like there is no, you cannot make it go faster or slower. Each level is going to take as long as the song. Some of the songs are a minute and 50 seconds. Some of the songs <laughs> it's like the mythical man month. Okay. Yeah. So that's how long it is. It's the length of an album. Now, if you, if you keep dying and repeating, the, the you know two bars over and over again that can be frustrating so I, that's is it a guitar hero wish line up the notes thing uh no there are rhythm aspects of the game where you have to do actions in response to uh the song at certain levels that becomes more important than others but a lot it's more like playing a music video all right because like i said it's it is one-to-one with the music and if you play it well you get to hear the song straight through if you keep dying you get to hear the same three bars over and over again and that's frustrating so oh, that's why boy. ideally yeah you won't spend a lot of time dying, but it's, it's fairly forgiving. That's why I'm just going to look for a ringer in your house. Maybe if your daughter has uh, worked yeah. up her uh, young person reflexes, she can sail through the, the trickier, the trickier levels. She's pretty good at that stuff. I think, I, I don't know how familiar you are with the, uh, the work of Jonathan Colton, but uh, there is a video of me playing rock band drums on still alive. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. And I feel, Oh, that's, that's the thing. It's like if, it you're, if so, you can actually we do rhythm games. We were so bad. Veronica had to save Leo, had to save me. Veronica, I don't even know how she did it, but she was saving us in the rock band game. Mm-hmm. And my, it was the second time I'd ever touched. We, I, once at Soundcheck, I got to play the fake drums. And then that night, I got, I got to play it. And now that's on a DVD, me being terrible at a video game. Yeah, no, I've, I've, seen, I've seen that performance. The, the tricky bit with, with those type of games is, I know you have to look at the screen and know what things you're supposed to be hitting, but in some respects, you know where the beat is and you can yes. bang on little plastic things, right? Uh, Sayonara, unfortunately, asks you to do things in response to what's on the screen much more often. Like there is a beat, but you're not going to always be hitting a button on the one. Sometimes it's going to be like you're going to skip whole bars or you're going to double oh, up boy. and you really have to look what's on the screen. So that's where the, the young person reflexes come in handy. This sounds like something I will be terrible at. Um, she she played a really cool game where you like put watches together that looked good. There's yeah, one the that, assemble assemble something could be. It looked really cool. And the, the, there's a Zelda looking game that looks kind of cool. Yeah, with lots I of. I didn't mist. play that one, but I, I I know about it. Ocean Horn too. They demo. I think they demoed it. Yeah, Shoehorn. What's it called? Ocean Horn. Okay. It's basically the, like the most world's most blatant Zelda clone, which is fine. You don't have real Zelda. Sure. You can take Zelda Methadone, but honestly, you have the Switch. <laughs> you have real. <laughs> You have real Zelda. <laughs> no, that, like, I'm not that gonna, sounds gonna, like a made-up band. <laughs> I'm not going to put, you know, shade on, on Oceanhorn because it looks no. like it's a good Zelda clone, right? Yeah. But sure, sure, it's sure. just, you have, you have real Zelda. So anyway. Yeah, do better. Um, what else did I play? Uh, Word Laces, which I don't know if it has any educational value. It's a little bit mind-bending even for grown-up people hmm. uh, because they break the words in weird boundaries. Um, that was okay. Well, I want to uh, play it. If I'm going to play it on the TV, I'm looking. I want, I want something, something pretty. You want something dynamic? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, oh, there's this Super Impossible Road. I never liked Impossible Road. I continue to not like Super Impossible Road. But, uh, but those are the type of games you want on a big screen. Cyanar is great on the big screen. Big screen, big sound system. Okay. Well, I'm gonna. Okay. So here's another one. Cyanar, Wild Hearts, um, other homework. I have to pair. Uh, PlayStation remote. Do you have more than one PlayStation controller? Yes. Yeah, so I would like dedicate one to the Apple TV because it's a pain in the butt to keep going back and forth. And mm-hmm. you know. yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Um, yeah, I think also I'm gonna. There should be a name for this. I'm gonna just make my account 
on the PS4, my daughter's account, I think. It's just, <laughs> I just don't play it enough. And like, she's always having me do stuff for it. And uh, mm. I think I'm just kind of, I'm going to give up. Yeah, ac- accounts on the PlayStation are, if you can imagine, I think even worse than they are on Apple TV. Do you remember, you remember Christmas Day? Christmas Day, you were my tech support. I needed someone else to be my tech support. I still, <laughs> I'm still, when I, sometimes I go to my PlayStation, I'm you ever try, You ever try and buy anything on there? Good luck. It's a nightmare. It's the worst. I have to go. I have to go and like use Bitcoin to buy to buy like a like a like a Sonic coin. And then... it, sta- it started taking my credit card recently. Oh, really? You didn't have to keep buying Amazon I, gift cards for yourself. Yeah. I finally came up with like I have an app on my phone whose sole purpose is to is to buy uh, PSN gift cards, <sighs> like the Raise app. You can get them for some percentage That's off. So but now, weird. Now it starts accepting my credit cards. But my current arrangement is. My PlayStation is not my quote-unquote primary PlayStation. Okay. My primary PlayStation is upstairs in my son's room. Mm-hmm. He's playing my primary PlayStation because he has a sub-account. He has a minor sub-account of my main account. And this arrangement of me using my PlayStation, Ooh. my secondary PlayStation, him using the primary is the way we set it up so that he can play the games that I bought for quote-unquote the family. But yeah, the, the PlayStation... Accounts like sub accounts for children mm-hmm. don't have as many privileges, and it's a nightmare trying to get like. So if I buy the game, can my son play it, or does he have to buy the game? But he can't buy anything because he doesn't have any money. So I have to get a PlayStation right, right, gift right. card and put money in my wallet and transfer the money to him. Yeah. But he has an allowance, and oh, uh, it's, it's so bad. It is so bad. I, mean, I think it's weird. I haven't thought this through, but it seems weird to me that anytime my kid wants to get an arcade game on her iPad. She has to ask permission like she's buying it. That makes sense to me because you want to yeah. make sure they're not getting games that are like, you know, rated M for mature or whatever. Usually it's just the Toka Boca, the latest like Toka Boca, whatever, like, you know, Play-Doh factory game or whatever. I remember Toka Boca. My kids love those. Oh, she loves them. She's still addicted. To she's, she's so excited. And she'll like, she'll be like announcing to me for like weeks before the next one comes out. Um... She had her first uh, meeting of D&D Club today. Well, I heard. I heard about the D&D Club. Yeah, it went well. It went well. She picked her cantrips and some of her other spells and uh, took in her cool dungeon dice. It went well. No no casualties. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Is there, are there older kids or more experienced kids? Like, is she the... Yeah, there's the DM. The DM's like uh, an eighth grader. Pretty nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And uh, and the uh, and the the teacher, the sponsor, whatever you call it, the the t- the teacher lady, uh, recognized her adventure zone reference, and thought it was there cool. You go. Mm-hmm. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Burrow. You can learn more about Burrow right now by visiting burrow.com slash diffs. Hey, fall TV time is here, and I know I'm not the only one who's about to be glued to my couch. A lot of good stuff out right now. You got Succession. You got uh, Good Place. Uh, oh, all the great shows. And if, like me, you love to lose yourself in a show, well, glue yourself to the best couch out there, and that's Burrow. Now's the perfect time to upgrade that lumpy old couch that you've been meaning to replace forever. Your Burrow sofa can handle even the most hardcore binge session. With a kiln-dried Baltic birch frame and durable fabric that's naturally scratch and stain resistant. Burrow uh, sofas are totally customizable. You get to pick your fabric, your color, leg finish, armrest style, and length. You can even add a, a chaise lounge or an ottoman or both. 
and, and I love this part, built-in USB chargers, right? So you can live tweet every episode and look up fan theories for hours after without worrying about your phone dying. You just plug it into your couch. That's all you got to do. Bro sofas are easy to set up. They're easy to move. You can always add or remove seats as needed. And you can get free one-week shipping, so you can have your new sofa all set up by next week's episode. Um, I've mentioned it before. I, uh, I I bought one of these with my own money. Didn't even get a discount code. I, I, I wanted it that much. And, and I love it. We uh, we got one of the Ottomans for it, you know, so we can put our feet up and get real comfortable. Um, we're real satisfied with it, like the Burrow Sofa. So listen, don't settle for the same old couch. Settle into a comfy new Burrow Sofa Right now, you get $75 off a new sofa and free one-week shipping by visiting burrow.com slash diffs. That's D-I-F-F-S. You go. You go to burrow, burrow.com slash diffs, B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash diffs for $75 off your order. Our thanks to Burrow for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. Uh, so that's all good. Do you want to do some mine eyes? Uh, I think the chair one was the only one I needed to hit on. They have middle school in there, but that's a bigger topic. We're going to save that for another day. Yeah. Um, Boy, it's a big, it's a big difference. Boy, is it ever different. There's a lot, there's a lot of cursing. A lot of cursing. That's the way it works. Now, here, here's the thing. Uh, uh, my kid, she's like a, like a, like a French kid with wine. She's had a lot of exposure <laughs> to cursing. But yep, she knows, yep. please do it at home where I can, where you're safe. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And she still has permission not, before she curses, which is really, I think, a sweet thing. That's not how adolescence works. You just got to let that one go. No, she'll be great forever. Oh, mm-hmm. she's so cool. Um, other people's kids are so lame. I'm really, really lucky to not have a lame kid. Um, <laughs> no, some of them are just terrible. Do you know that? Have you met some of them? They're miserable. They're just miserable. And they're- I assume they are. I, I went to m- all my back to school nights recently. I got the middle school back to school night and the high school back. Do you have back to school night? Yes, I had to do a, a, a incomparable X Men. I missed it, but um, but my wife was very pleased with the with the teachers. Yeah, you you yeah. did both. Wow, high school. Yikes! Yikes! Yeah, but anyway, well, I get to speaking of uh, uh, other kids. I don't get to see the other kids, but I get to see all the other kids' parents. Like, that's all you're doing at Back to School Night is checking out the other kids' parents. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, no. I Believe me, I know. No. No, no. I, it's very... You can't... I mean, I can't help, but you know, kind of like uh, in the back of a Highlights magazine, you got to, like, pair the the city with the state or whatever, or draw the line from here to there. I'm mm-hmm, always trying to, like, mm-hmm. think, God, can I, can I triangulate what their kid is like from them? Yeah, one one of the teachers did that, which is a very dangerous thing to do. Where where so the teacher dangerous. looks at in this economy, l- looks this at the group age? of assembled parents and says, "Let me try to match you up with your kids." Hmm. Right? You how long will it take before you get into an "Oh, are they adopted?" That's weird. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Like because it's you know the 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 first criteria is like, well, let me match people up by race, <laughs> right? Because they that's and that's what the teachers do. They're like, you must be so and so's parents. It's like. True, but now I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> well, just for what it's worth, I love Jamaican food. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, no! Well, like, and maybe it's just our fruity fruits and nut city, but like, man, that would be that would be a dangerous thing to attempt uh, uh, here because. 
There are a lot of adopted kids from cis families. Yeah, there saying. are a lot Same of adopted kids here. from uh, from same-sex families. There are adopted mm-hmm. kids from, uh, like, you know, <laughs> pan, pan polygalactic families. <laughs> Don't guess who the brown parents are. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. So you managed to skip it this year, but in I the had years to do that X-Men. you've gone, I had this to do is, X-Men, yeah. Yeah, this is a thing that teachers do. Uh, and I'm wondering if you've encountered this and how you dealt with it, where you come into the class and they have like, everybody grab a slip of paper. And what they want you to do is uh, write your name, write the name of your kid and say, is there anything you want me to know about your child? Oh, and then you have a yes. blank piece of paper and a pencil. I've gotten a whole form like that where it's like, what do you, you know, what do you, wh- what do you think they're great at? What do you think you're not great at? What would you like to see them improve on? It's right. That's the big one. Like maybe before the year starts, this is on back to school night. You've got a grand total of 10 minutes. You're going to be in this class. The first five minutes of which are like at your leisure or whatever in this 10 minute period. Is there anything you want me to know about your kid? And you get this piece of paper. Yeah. Do you do anything? Do you, when, have you been confronted with that? Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, the way you're describing it, well, you're, you're kind of like a question in your question. There's the one thing which is like, hmm, is this really the best use of our time? And the other thing is, mm-hmm. can you give me the same way that if somebody asked me for notes on something, I would want to know how critical they want me to be, how much they actually want me to congratulate them, right? Like, how, what, what kind of thing are you looking for here? Like, you know, my, my, kid's, a, my kid's a pyro, or sometimes yeah. they're not as tidy as I'd like. Right. Like what do you, what I would assume that they're, it's open-ended. They're saying, look, if there's something that you think that me as a teacher should know about your kid, write it here. <laughs> That's so, what is wrong with these people? And you've it's, got, and you've oh got like, God. it's, there's strips of paper. So you've yes. got like an inch and a half. So if, if my kid is like, my child may burn down your class, that'll fit, I guess. Yeah. <sighs> it's just who, I don't know the name on this one who wrote down diarrhea just for fun what what is it who what that's what i'm saying like and then you're surrounded by the other parents and some people right. write nothing and it's just i feel like it's not the right environment to ask that question right if anything if anything I, i'd say my biggest negative is that i, I push myself too hard mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or or what i mean like i think um i did feel compelled it's long enough i could say this now and it's um, I want to say kindergarten, first grade, probably first grade, because kindergarten was kind of a cakewalk. But first grade, there was, you know, more to do and there was homework and stuff. And I do, I think, remember saying something like, uh, sometimes it, it takes her a while to warm up. She, there are times where, where she likes to sort of sit on the sidelines and get a feel for things before she jumps into things. Maybe that kind of thing. No, but what you're describing there is like, I mean, why don't you just ask the parents, what's the biggest hang up that you'd be comfortable sharing with me? Like, what makes you weird in a way that you'd write on a piece of paper in eight minutes? Like, what are you going to, what are you going to hassle me about all year? Like, what's the thing that you, no matter what I say, you're never going to do? Like, let me know what I'm dealing with here. And there's an unknown security element, which is, am I to believe that what I write here is confidential between me and the teacher? Or is this something my child is going to see? Is this something that is going to be read in front of the class and everyone is going to have their things read out? It's totally unknown. Oh God, you show up and it's on a poster. Oh my God. Can you imagine? Yeah. Like I'll, I'll we'll stick underneath the photo of your child on, on the, the bulletin board. And so like, they don't know. <laughs> the, these are things Ralph that are worried that the, what happens if the bed wets him. <laughs> Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, it, right? it's not clear from, no. from the, the, the terse instructions on a strip of paper. So, like, so, no, seriously, you, know, you, could, only- you could, you could, you could, like, well, okay, so, like, seriously, like, like, jokiness aside, what if your kid has a, an emerging, maybe not 100% official health issue that mm-hmm. does not place them specially, but that you want to make sure the teacher knows about? 
Right. Is the strip of paper the correct, you know, I don't know. Like, I feel like the only winning move is not to play. No, I'm with you. It's a, it's a real, it's a real uh, Larry David type situation. Like that could go way mm-hmm. wrong for a lot of yeah. people. So I, I just tend not to write anything. And the, the problem is then I, I've taken the piece of paper and then I realize what it says. And then I'm like, no, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not writing anything. If I, if I have something to say to you, I will either send it to a direct, as a direct email to you, which I feel like is clearer. The security implications are clearer. This is just between me and you or talk mm-hmm. about it in a student, a parent teacher thing, or if they, you know, in the earlier grades, they have that giant form you fill out at the beginning of the year, which is like, tell me everything about your child. And I've already done that exercise. Yeah, I think, so like I said, I didn't go this year. I've been to every other one of them, I think. Um, but um, there is, I don't know. I sometimes feel like it's been a long day, you know, they've been working all day. It's five, six, seven o'clock now, and, and they're still there. And I don't know, maybe they had an extra coffee. But sometimes I do feel a little bit struck by how surprisingly harried the person seems, which I guess shouldn't be surprising. But, you know, she, she's had a couple teachers that, like, again, her first grade teacher was, she's had so many good teachers, but her first grade teacher in particular was very, very grown up um, and uh, unflusterable. You know what I mean? Just the kind of person who's like, picks it in stride, you can't shock her. You know, she like I, she she loves you and she has high expectations, which is not nothing contradictory about me expecting a lot out of you. And you're like, hmm, well, this is really cool for a first grade teacher. And there's other ones where it's been a little bit like, you know, it seems seems like like a rabbit in the rain, like just real uh, skittish. And you, and I think, my gosh, what is it like when things get crazy in this class? You ever get that? You're like, you don't mean to judge. You don't mean to wreck oh, it. Oh no, for sure. I can always tell what the good teachers are. Wondering, what the, what yeah, the not yeah, so or like even, are. or yeah, but also yeah, just like uh, I think I think this is officially official advice in acting. Is uh, I heard somebody joke about this on a podcast that every every character every um, every character you play needs a secret. That every character has something they want, and every character has something they don't want you to know about them. But there's motivation, right? You say, well, what's their motivation? And sometimes I do find myself playing that game with strangers who are adults, including my kids' teachers. And I think, what is your deal? What, what is this going to be like? And you can really, you can really only speculate. And then I feel like a real jerk about it because they're working awful hard for what they're getting paid, but it's still, um, <laughs> you know, well, there've been times, there've been times when I feel like she has also had teachers where God bless them. There's one in particular where like, Oh my gosh, they've really asked a lot of you. Um, my kids elementary school, you know, each elementary school has a focus. So you either go to the school because you live near the school, which is our case, or, um, it was the, I shouldn't say, but I shouldn't say, but at each school, like if it's a kid with a physical disability, they might go to this school because that's where the resources for that are. Uh, if, if it's a kid who has a, uh, you know, whatever the different kinds of, you know, special needs people have are. And, um, let's just say that one year, an especially rabbit in the rain, skittish teacher, I think got more non-local kids than she really should have been given because she was always so mad. (laughs) She was always so mad and so flustered and doing the thing that drives me up a tree, which is the, I'm going to punish the whole class because this person did a thing. And really, if you've got four kids in your class that are, you know, uh, dealing with stuff, it's not going to be hard to come into a situation several times a day where no matter how good everybody else is, you know what? That kid's wiring is that they can't sit still. <laughs> Please don't punish the class. 
<laughs> and I just feel sometimes I just feel like, ah, I know, like this is this is your profession and you've studied and stuff, but are you really cut out for this? Yeah, that's I have the the thing that I've had in, in middle school and high school is the ability to commiserate with the kids to say, look, sometimes you're gonna get a teacher you don't like, sometimes you're gonna get a teacher that's not that great. This yep. is a thing that happens, it will yep. pass, you'll have new teachers, and you know, like this is just to make it clear, like there is no recourse here. We all occasionally have teachers we don't get along with, teachers that we don't like, teachers that do a bad job. That's just life. Your your goal is still to figure out what do I have to do to satisfy this particular teacher. And it's sometimes oh, yeah. it's annoying and it doesn't make sense. And they come home and they complain. Uh, in particular, my daughter is very critical of teachers if they are not organized, according to her, which is hilarious if you've seen her room. But like, <laughs> if, the, if the teacher doesn't seem like they have a lesson plan right. and go through it methodically or whatever, she's very critical of that. Like, you just gotta, you just gotta roll with it. Like this is, this is how this teacher is. You're I, in this class, and I, I, I worry, I worry that I'm unintentionally trying to be cool, dad, or something. But uh, something I've said to my kid all along is that, and I, who knows what of anything ever sinks in. But I was like, you know, I don't really have that much great advice about life to offer you, um, except that there are systems to figure, out. and that doesn't mean cheating, and that doesn't mean like you know. But there are but there are systems to figure out. The systems can chew you up. But the thing is, like, if you can figure out what the system is, you can work within the system, or you can know when to work when you need to work outside of the system. And like every every the, the thing that everybody has to deal with their whole life that sucks is you get into situations where you'd prefer it to be a different way. And now what I don't say that I believe is, well, it's good that this is a fairly low stakes environment, mostly to fail in or to not fully succeed in or whatever you want to call it. But I don't know. I wish I had, I mean, it wasn't until it wasn't even when I was taking the ACT. It was when I was taking, getting ready to take the GRE that I really, for the first time in my life, feel like I really understood, Oh, there's a way to take a test. That's more than just how hard (laughs) did you study? Guess what? I grew up in central Florida. I never had a class on how to take a, take a test. I mean, I'm sure I heard tips from time to time, but I'll always pick C because that's the most common answer, whatever that means. It's so stupid. But but you know what I mean? Like I, I never I didn't go to I didn't go to test prep classes. I did I did not have a Felicity Huffman. I did that that didn't exist. And I really wish there were more people to say, like, you need to get your ticket punched. You need to not get it, in trouble. It existed. You're not that old. How do you mean? Uh, not for me. Said, like, not test, for me though. Test prep. It didn't exist for you, yes, but it right. was a thing. Well, but like, yeah, and I try not to be miffed about it because I have so many privileges in so many other ways, really, honestly, non-ironically, Jesus Christ, I'm so goddamn lucky to, I don't know, whatever. But it is, it is pretty funny. Like if you, I mean, how do you describe it to somebody? It's, it's like, um, it's like, it's like somebody who decides to just keep pushing the safe uh, versus somebody else who figures out how to get a lever and a cart Versus somebody else who goes, I don't really need to move that safe. You're talking about some real galaxy brain, different levels of figuring out what problem to solve, right? Or how to address, how to succeed with this. And I was very much, I mean, I, I sometimes even guiltily was drinking the stupid Kool-Aid about like, well, you just need to go work hard on this. And like, yes, you do. You need to work hard and you need to work smart. And for the love of God, why didn't you people tell me there's like things to know? Like start with, just skip the ones that are hard and come back to them. Like nobody ever told me that. <laughs> or like, if you don't know, guess, because you don't have that much to lose by guessing. It's like, ugh, I didn't, it wasn't until I was prepping for the GRE, which I never actually took, but I did study for, for several months, learned the word lacrimose. Um, 
I wish I wish there'd been somebody, I wish there'd been more people there to say being smart is not enough. You also have to be a little bit wily. And you have to understand that every system is like, it's almost a little bit like a classic hacker mentality of going like, what are the vulner- vulnerabilities in the system? What are the things that might trip me up? Like, what are the things like, train me on how to be a critical meta thinker. Um, and I don't think I'm anywhere near that with my kid right now. Really? Exactly. So you start with something like say please and thank you. You get so much more in life if you say please and thank you. And also it's the, it's the right thing to do, right? It's a little thing, little things like that. Like don't make yourself hateable. That's, <laughs> I don't know. Did you, did you do any of that test prep and stuff like that? Oh, I did. Yes. And my kids are sick of hearing it from me because since they've been in elementary school, I've been hammering them on the whole test taking skills thing, which is how I frame this. That like, always like read said, the instructions. it doesn't matter. Always read the instructions. It doesn't matter whether you know it. Read the instructions all, it matters all the way through. Is, yeah. So test taking skills. Don't make stupid mistakes. Don't get hung up on a hard question. Understand how the test works. Like, I mean, I've, I've been framing it to them like, uh, you know, we've been in these charity drives we've been doing and also on the incomparable uh, Jason Snell and others have been running these little miniature family feud things or whatever they call them, feuding families. Uh, yeah. Uh, legally distinct from uh, <laughs> uh, family feud uh, and family feud. Uh, they, you know, they take a survey of people and they say, like, name a professional athlete and then people just name a professional athlete. And then and when it comes to playing the game, you have to guess what they said. As as, as Jason, matter. I don't know if you watched the the video of the thing, but as Jason kept reminding yep, us, it's not what answer it's is right; it's what answer people yep, pick. It's what right. So, and test taking skills, you don't necessarily have to know the right answer. You have to know what answer this test wants you to pick. Yeah, test taking skills are the and and not making careless mistakes and understanding how to check your work and understanding like. If you go back in the test and say, you got this wrong, but you know this, you know this word, you know how to do this thing. How did you get this wrong? Was it a careless mistake? Could you get hung up on something? Like, mm-hmm. and they've been hearing about testing skills from me since elementary school. And the other thing, uh, with my pitch for middle school for them, uh, you mentioned low stakes before, is like, middle school is just practice for high school. No one really cares what your middle school grades are. Mm-hmm. Everything you do here should be practicing practice your test taking skills practice how to deal with an annoying teacher practice how to find your classes practice how, yeah. to, how to organize your homework it's all just practice mm-hmm. but you do actually need to practice because you know high school is the show yeah you got four years and that's where you got to do all your stuff so middle school you got to figure it out here's where you figure out how to keep track of what your assignment is. here's how you figure out every individual teacher's weird rules about what they care about and what they don't care about mm-hmm. And how to navigate that. And yes, you have to practice testing. And in our state, we have tests. We have the MCAS tests for like in elementary school. So standardized testing has been part of their life since like basically kindergarten. So they, they, that's why they've been hearing about test taking skills. Like, look, especially with MCAS, this test doesn't actually matter. All they're testing is your teacher and your school and it matters for funding and blah, blah, blah. But you don't need to care about that. The point is you're not being graded, but this is your opportunity to learn test taking skills because these tests are weird and they have a particular form and they want you to do a particular thing. And you have, you know, K through fifth grade to hone those skills. And then middle school happens again. And then finally high school, you start to get the real thing. Yeah. So they hear it from me like crazy. And and I did the basic test prep, which is I did uh, SAT prep. Mm-hmm. I took a single SAT prep course, which is what most of the people. Even that, even that, I bet, I bet that even that would be hugely useful. I mean, I've, I'm such a, as you know, like hacker gamer type thing, whereas I'm, I've always been figuring out this mostly this just figure out how I never have to do homework. Is this min max? Yeah, okay. totally. Like, and, and I was basically optimizing for never having to do homework. <laughs> it was my goal, which is not a great 
goals. It's like David for, Allen always says, I'm the laziest man in the world. That's why I came up with the system is because I'm incredibly yeah, lazy. My, my, <laughs> my system was I should never have to do anything related to school when I'm not in the school building. Oh, God. So I had, <laughs> it was not a good goal, but it was what I was optimizing for. And I did a pretty good job. It did not serve me well when I got to college, let me tell you. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by ExpressVPN. You can learn more about ExpressVPN right now by visiting expressvpn.com slash diffs. ExpressVPN is a reliable way to ensure that your network data is secure without slowing your internet speed. If you ever use Wi-Fi at a hotel or a shopping mall, hey, you know what? You're sending data over an open network with no encryption. Gross. The scary thing is, this makes it easy for a hacker to bypass Wi-Fi security and steal your information by exploiting flaws such as crack, K-R-A-C-K, crack. That's key reinstallation attack. I didn't even know about that. Geez, now I got something to be scared of. Ugh. The best way to ensure your data is encrypted and can't be read by hackers is by using ExpressVPN. And friends, it is so easy. You just download the app onto your computer or your smartphone, and then you use the internet as you normally would. Just click one button in the app to secure all your network data. ExpressVPN is the fastest and most reliable. They are recommended as the number one VPN provider by TechRadar and CNET. They take privacy and security to the next level. They even invented a technology called Trusted Server that ensures that VPN servers run from RAM and that no data logs are written to a server's hard drive, even by accident. Listen, uh, ExpressVPN really saved my bacon a bunch of times over this past summer when I was compelled to travel and to be in places where I had to use uh, Wi-Fi. And it is so great to be able to just hit that button and know that you are safe. You got to check them out, ExpressVPN. If you want the best in online security and privacy protection, you head over to expressvpn.com slash diffs, and you're going to get three extra months for free with a one-year package. Go right now. Go, please. Protect your internet today with the VPN network that we trust to keep our data safe. You go to expressvpn.com slash diffs, to get started. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. But yeah, I was good at working out systems. And so my one SAT prep course, I felt like this is not really helping me that much because everything I told me I already knew. All it did it was give me an opportunity to like build my word lists and write my flashcards, which I was going to do anyway, but at least I had a, a time and a place where I had to sit down and be forced to do it. No, I, I could if I paid more attention, I felt like I could have done a lot better on my SAT. But well, it's true for everybody. My, my uh, friend of mine in, in, during and especially after high school, he's a real larger than everyone in his family was a larger than life character. But his dad was the head of the canines, uh, canine unit at our sheriff's department. And he said that the reason I don't know if this is true, but it's a great line. He said the reason they uh, use Rottweilers is that they are they're very they're very, very smart. They're smart enough. They're smart enough to learn that they always need to follow our orders, but they're so smart that they know when to ignore our orders. It's like a Kobayashi Maru kind of thing. Now, of course, knowing what I know today about police, I look at that a little differently than I used to, but you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. It's like they say about a Marine yeah. or whatever. I want to raise a kid who is able to, I mean, it's a sort of a fantastical idea maybe, but like I would like to raise a kid, doesn't need to be the smartest, most successful, but like to, to have adaptation. And to be able, be able to pause long enough in context to know which orders to follow at a given time. Like, there's the order of, like, we'll get out of the burning house. Yeah, please always follow that. But, you know, what, 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 if, what if somebody 
who looks like a cop comes up and says, you know, your mom said to get in the car. Like, how do you, and again, I know that that does not happen like it used to, but just as an example, an emotional example, I mean, look how often you can rattle somebody and get them to do something stupid by getting them emotional. Like, how do you get the situational awareness to know that somebody's trying to rattle you right now? Right? Because like, if you practice that enough, I mean, look at people in martial arts, they've gotten hit in the face so many times, it's not even that big a deal anymore, because getting hit in the face is part of the training. So if somebody does come and hit them in the face, it's not going to end their year. Like it's a thing they will deal with then. And like, to me, that's, that's part of the big challenge. And maybe this eventually gets us into our grit conversation. Got to get angry every week about it. But, but the, but like the, the goal to me is to like, sort of, you're saying like, you know, I, I don't want to say hacker. I mean, like in the, in the old former sense of the word of um, just being interested in, like I say, in vulnerabilities or in systems and understanding what decision-making led this to be a certain way. And on the one hand, like maybe how you could have fun and exploit that, but also on the other hand to know that like, what if it was my job to make this thing work better or be more secure? Or like, as you like to say with all kinds of things in my life, well, is, are you satisfied just getting by with this or could you eke out some improvements by getting beyond the just surviving aspect of this? And that, to me, that's a really, that, that would be, that's a really nice thing to, to meet in a grown-up. In, or a kid for that matter, is just that, that uh, I don't know if that's the right phrase, I think it is, situational awareness. Like, you have in-context intelligence uh, and good taste <laughs> about what to do in a situation where you don't get rattled and shut down and start begging other people to help you. You might even be the one who tries to lead and help other people because you're able to have some clarity uh, based on the rehearsal that you've done up to that point. I could have used more of that. Yeah, I... I try, but like, I just, I know, I know where my kids' weak points are and I know like how they will just fall apart at the, they're not ready for certain challenges you know, and it depends on the kid, the different challenges. Do they ever surprise you though? I mean, don't they surprise you sometimes? Mm, Mine surprises really. me a lot and I go, wow, bad on me for not, not having more confidence, you know? I'm always, I'm always still trying, overreacting to emotions I had about something years ago. And uh, you know what I mean? Sort of like you, you, you're never caught up. You're always fighting the last war. Yeah, they don't have the expected weaknesses. That they have they have silly, ridiculous blind spots that are all like my fault. Like, you know, children who can't, uh, who would starve to death in a household of food because they can't open a jar. Like, <laughs> it's just, they haven't had occasion to open a jar. Why is that? Because I've been opening the stupid jars. I know, and, I know. And if I try to show them how to open a jar, they don't want to know, and they don't want me to teach them. And it's like, well, I guess you'll just starve to death if you ever are confronted with a jar, because you have no idea how they work <laughs> and how one would go about opening them. Do I use a hammer? Do the, will the glass shards how, hurt how do, me? How do you imagine the new milk gets into the house? Have you ever thought about it? Have you ever, yeah. wondered, have you ever wondered how the new milk gets here? How do you... <laughs> How do you, uh, is, the milk comes and it's milk, closed. Yeah. How do you open the milk? How do you open the milk for the first time? Like, Ugh, it's just. Just keep, keep banging. It's, 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 <laughs> right. And so let alone uh, sophist, more sophisticated things like maintaining motivation to navigate an annoying teacher and their arbitrary rules. Yeah. Right. And the maintaining motivation is the thing I worry about the most because most, if when it's working, you don't think about it. It's like, all all my kids are trying to get good grades in school and I don't know why they're doing it. I've expressed to them that it's important but only like in a measured way of like, look, your grades don't matter in elementary school and they really don't matter in middle school either. In high school, they start to matter, but like, you know, but it's not like, but they, at any point they could lose, lose hold of that and just be like, why do I care about school at all? I know I was like this and I knew so many people who are like this. 
you can get distracted by so many things. You can get mm-hmm. distracted by discovering, uh, you know, love interests and romance, right? And that can be like, well, that is the only thing I care about in my life now. Also, also fear. I mean, there's just so, there's so many myriad fears that like, as soon as you become aware of it, that word again, it's a vulnerability. Now you're like, you're like oh, I, I hope that thing doesn't happen. And like, you'll do anything to keep that thing from happening. But then other things come along and it's like, you end up, it's like the whole thing, it's just this terrible fever dream for a few years and then it just becomes something uh, differently awful in a few years, but you will survive it. But like, you know, and you know, you don't want your kid to peak too soon. That's the other thing is like, you look at, you know, some of those poor bastards that were super popular when they were 15 and it's like, you know, it didn't always turn yeah. out so great. Yeah, and I think the peer pressure is mostly while he was keeping the, the kids having some motivation to do well in school. But, like, mm-hmm. it's so easy. Like, maybe you get super into drama, and all you care about is the school play. And grades, who cares about grades? I'm re- My main career is as a, a student in, in the play. I don't care about the actual school. Like, yeah. Or sports. Or, like, there's just so many things that can just say, oh, that's my thing now. Right. And I don't, you know, or Dungeons and Dragons. Or, you know, or, or like, my son is learning to program, and I see a little bit of his, like, you know, I, I catch him on the computer doing stuff that is not related to school. Like, you're done with your homework and you're on the computer for hours. What are you doing? It's like, that's not an efficient use of your time. Let me tell you from experience, that is a giant pit that you can sink all of your time and mental energy and effort into. And that pit will not help you as much as you think it will, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm always, like, but there's not only limited amount I can do for that, but I'm always w- watching out. Like, the romance thing in particular is just such a trap. Like, you have... You have this, you know, this beautiful child who is is like a perfect child, let's say, and they get excellent grades and they're conscientious and they're a nice person and they and they, you know, help out and they're polite and they're, you know, amazing and intelligent and uh, creative and artistic. And then they get into an awful relationship with a terrible person. Yeah. And the the, 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 the choices, I mean, up to and including like I want to go to college with them. Like just it does it's not just it's not just eleven year olds or twelve year olds. It's like right. you become you your poor little unfinished brain is making such strange decisions. Yeah, I mean, and up in a codependent relationship and an abusive relationship, it's just awful. And it, like your your ability as a parent to influence that has been uh, recorded in every form of popular media known to man. How does that work out when parents tell you that you can't see the person you're romantically interested in? And how much do you heed their advice about what yeah. a healthy relationship is? You end up on like, a slab with a priest drinking poison. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, there's, it's, so he's just sort of living in fear of like that. Like, is this though mm-hmm. so little you can do about that? You know, when they're receptive, it's like, yes, they're, they're trying to do well in school and I can help them along that path and total derailment. Yeah. And now they won't listen to a thing I say <laughs> and they are you know, uh, riding off on the back of a motorcycle. They don't even want to learn the key commands. Does anyone know how to use Photoshop? Yeah. Like, but uh, they're super into their, their new boyfriend who loves heroin. It's like, <laughs> well, <laughs> try convincing your child that this is not the correct choice. You're, uh-huh. Once that happens, yeah. you've, you've, the, the game is already over. You've lost the chance. Um, Shudder, I made so many poor decisions in that regard. I know. That's what you think about. That's what you think about. Like, the other, part, the other part is also the, uh, there's the, there is like, so when you're a little bit younger, it's just that, you know, so like you described last week with your uh, radiation generators, like, you know, um, you can just be so attracted to somebody and you don't even know exactly what the thing is, but all you know is it's everything. Like when you're a little bit younger and you get across your first like serious crushes, that's a really big deal. That's really, really overpowering. Um, and, and I think you feel 
even a few years into it, you still feel like that's the thing you're feeling, but you also have to take into account stuff like power. Like the power, power, when I say power, I don't mean as in necessarily abuse, but also as in the status of not simply having a boyfriend or girlfriend, but like having this particular boyfriend or girlfriend mm-hmm. and like what you'll do to maintain that. And yep. like, you don't like, there's this, there's poor decisions in any number of ways you could make to think that I need to keep this person happy with me yeah, because I awful. can't imagine life without them in any number of ways. Who would I sit mm-hmm. with at games on Friday night? Or like, you know, who would I, you know, uh, who's going to send me a carnation? And like all those kinds of things were like, it's easy enough for people our age to forget like how consuming that is. How stupid you are and how, oh, God, and so how, how screwed up, how screwed up all those relationships Ugh. were and how all consuming they were and how they just blacked out everything else. And it's like, don't, <sighs> and, and it, despite the fact that, I mean, I'm sure we all had adults in our lives who at least had some perspective on this. It doesn't matter. Like their perspective doesn't matter. Their experience doesn't matter. And despite the fact that we as parents now are like, well, I've been through that. So I can tell you. Here's, here are the 8,000 ways a relationship can be unhealthy no. with friends even too, but romantic relationships are even worse. They, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that you know. Old people, old people, any people who are older than you are stupid and have obviously done something mm-hmm. wrong. And that they don't understand. They can't uh, understand. What, what it's, it's like, like well, how, look at it this way. Look at it this way. Imagine in, in, this, in, a, in a given room, let's say you're, you're going to the dentist's office and there are some younger, beautiful people who don't have poop on them. And then there's a group of people over here who are covered with poop. I think that's kind of how old people, like, what did you do? What, why are you in here being the way you are right now with your weird pants and that like your, your entire odd way of talking and why are you humming and what's in your teeth? Like there's just, there's so much uh, asymmetry and incongruousness to being an adult. And the last thing you want from that person is advice. You're like, really? You're going to give me advice. Have you seen my skin? My, I don't have pores. Why are you giving me advice? You, you are covered with poop in this dentist's office. You know what I'm saying? Dumb analogy. But I believe yeah. that. I believe that people who are older than me had made some kind of a grave mistake to make them how they were. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize I thought that, but I know in retrospect that's what I did think. Yeah. Whatever it is that I thought, they were non-entities. Nothing they had to say was of any value to yeah. me whatsoever. Yeah. So now, 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 now who's laughing? Yeah, so so much so that I can't even remember anything they told me. Not only did I ignore it, I never even made it into memory. So it's like they might as well have not existed when it came to. I remember just enough to feel very stupid and often, for lack of a better word, very guilty. Uh, guilty or ashamed would be a better word, not guilty, ashamed. Of like, oh God, my drama teacher, she loved me so much and she was so supportive of me and she was so kind to me and her her gentle advice about life could have saved me. She just, she said, I think Ignored. she, I think she even, yeah, I think she even wrote it in, in my yearbook. Like I was the lead mm-hmm. in the senior play and stuff. And I think she wrote something like a paraphrasing from memory, but it's something like, um, you know, you're, you're a very, very a gifted and funny person, but um, make sure you use your sense of humor for good things. Something like that. Like, oh, oh, you're so funny. Oh, I love your class. Bye. <laughs> And then it would be years and years of me being awful to people for no reason. And, I, and then like, like now mentally I go back to that and I'm like, oh, Sherry, you were right. I, mm-hmm. I, I had it in me to like have done good things or bad things with that. And like because I felt that the world had dealt me a bad hand, I had to go and make everybody feel bad about themselves. And I just thought that was normal, cool, and powerful. What an awful yeah. thing to do. But, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I mean, there's so much bad advice kids get how how do you even know which is the good advice but it's it's that gentle 
simple, clear advice from certain people where it'll take five to 30 years before you go, oh, I got it then, but now I really get it. Like I get it, get it, what they meant by that. You know, along with the the test taking skills, like the idea of this type of advice coming from adults and, and having no effect. I, I feel like repetition is my main weapon. So having talked about test taking skills for so long, they at least now acknowledge that it's a thing. Whether or not they pay attention to it or do anything about it, it they understand it's a thing just because it's been a thing their whole life. And similarly, I've been on them about how the brains of children work and how children are bad at making decisions <laughs> and how your and how your brain is not already, fully formed. I already feel you failing so hard. <laughs> and, and how your brain is not fully formed take until up, you're take 25. Take up the AirPods. No, listen, listen to me. <laughs> no, you can find the places to stick it in there. And I was, and like, and again, whether they believe it or not, they certainly know it's a thing. And I was excited to see that one of their teachers handed out at uh, back to school night, um, a Xerox copies to all the parents of the scientific American article. That's about like the teen brain. And it basically is just about like the whole mm-hmm. impulse control and how the, you know, prefrontal cortex isn't fully mature until you're 25. You, like you don't want to drive that way. You have to drive that way. Yeah. It's, it's the same. It's the same things that I've been telling them. It's like the same, whatever studies from the nineties about, you know, teenagers and impulse control. Yeah. And like, I think the, the main finding of the study was that I think everyone was surprised back in the eighties or nineties or whenever this was done that, how long it actually takes for everything to finally settle. Everyone yeah. knew teenagers are impulsive. Like you don't need a scientific study to figure that out. Yeah, but was, you, you would have guessed 17 or 18 instead of say 25. <laughs> yeah. You would think like eventually, or, you know, that, that you, you become mature. It's like, no, it takes a long no, time. You're for in college. That part. You're and, still, you're still not done baking. Yeah. And so they handed out this article to the parents, which I liked because it's like, Hey, this is the thing I've been telling them. But also this teacher gave the kids like the kid version of that, like a printout of sort of like a summary, sort of that as their a grade somebody level. On a skateboard. To to give to give to all the kids. The kids, yeah. You know. And to make to make them read it. And so now they mm-hmm. they get to come into the class and they do this. And what's happening in my kids' heads is, oh, this is the thing dad is always talking about, eye roll. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, this means this is like external validation of a thing you've been hearing your whole life. It's not just your weird dad repetition repetition this is actually a thing repetition. and even though they're still rolling their eyes at it yeah. there is no way that like i just don't want that tiny tickle to, to like in the back of their head when they're when they're like about to you know leap from the moving car yeah right to be like is this that thing where my brain is telling me to do a thing and this other part of my brain is not mature enough to to stop that part of my brain like maybe yeah, just they, for a moment there's like an animated homer simpson like having that internal mind. yeah they're still gonna jump from the car but as their leg is breaking yeah. they'll be like dad was right i think i think this is that situation dad was telling me about snap 